have some good foot tapping music for the for the message. Great. Thank you for your ministry, ladies. Uh, at this time, our children's church is going to be dismissed. No, no children's church today. So children three to eight years old, you stay in here for the service. It's good to have the Bakums here with us from China. Uh, we're their first church that they have come to since they've gotten back to, in the States this last week. And so pray for them as they're recovering from jet lag and traveling. It's great to have the Bakums here. They, Brother Bakum, you said you went to China in 1982? They've been there for uh, 33 years. I'm 33 years old. So, I mean, they have been so faithful in ministering to the Lord, and we appreciate your ministry, and it's a privilege just to support you as a church. So you come and challenge us with what the Lord has uh, put on your heart, brother. Well, good morning, everybody. And let me very quickly say, kids, if you'd like, you can take one of these coins out of our little box there, all right? And it's, uh, it's, it's one fin. It's not worth a whole lot, but you can take it if you'd like. And ladies, if you try some Chinese tea from Yunnan province, I think this is Pu'er. Uh, they call it Pu'er tea, but you're welcome to take one of these. And we, My wife will get some more out at the end of the service because we don't have enough out on the table. But take one of these, plop it in a little teapot or whatever, and try that. Be sure that you get our prayer card. Uh, please take that home, put it on your favorite dartboard. We appreciate you praying for us as you throw darts at us. But uh, uh, it's a joy to be here to meet your pastor and family. They have been so gracious. And thank you, church, for providing such a beautiful parsonage. Uh, it's very, very, uh, we, we, we stayed in somebody's bedroom. I'm not, who was that that we stayed in? Josiah's, Josiah's bedroom. Thank you, Josiah. Is that Josiah? No, where's Josiah? There he is over there. Yeah, he led us, and we admired his little gun on the wall and everything and enjoyed that a lot. But we appreciate all that you guys do for us as a church. You have supported us for a long time. I've kind of forgotten over the years exactly how long. But uh, but it's uh, been a long, long time, and it's always a joy to come to Colorado. I'm from Amarillo, Texas. My wife and I met there. She was born in Oklahoma lived the first part of her life down in South America. Her dad was an oil man down in Venezuela. Came back up and we met and got married. We just celebrated our 43rd year of marriage and we're thankful for that. Eight children and a growing population of grandchildren. I think we have around 12 now. Some of our kids are adopting actually. And so we saw them out in California, a few of them at least, before we came. Uh, I want to say welcome to all the kids here today, kids and young people, teens, and it's, it's always a thrill to see you guys here, and we have a special burden in our ministry there for the children, trying to get a Sunday school ministry started. Oh, yes, okay, yeah, we'll do that, excuse me, it happens after you hit 60, but uh, uh, but uh, we, we are just always have a burden for the kids and, and uh, just uh, pray for us so we can do more to reach the children. A lot of times the, the house churches in China, they don't really focus on the kids too much. And I guess that's because the kids seem to always be busy. And uh, that's a little bit of a problem. Oftentimes on a Sunday morning, for example, kids are going off to some tutoring class, whether it's music or English or whatever it is they may do. And so trying to get them out of that kind of mindset and into saying, you know, Sunday is for the Lord and, and let's come and we'll provide classes and things. And so we're looking for space right now is one of our greatest needs. So never take... Whoop, is that me?
Uh, he'll get it fixed one of these days. We'll, we'll make sure it works. But uh, never take for granted all of the beautiful facilities that God has placed into your hands because it is truly a, a wonderful blessing. Uh, and it's a, you know, I did the white glove test here at First Baptist, and man, you guys just keep this place so immaculate. It's just, it's just great to walk into a place and it's clean and neat and orderly and. It's a, it's a real joy to be here. Well, I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles this morning. I'm going to go to Romans chapter 15 with you, if you will allow me. Romans chapter 15. <clears throat> this is a new message. I haven't preached it before, uh, as far as I remember. I mean, uh, certainly not this particular message. I'm sure I've preached in Romans 15 before, but not um, uh, the message that God has uh, laid upon my heart to share with you guys today. And uh, I want to begin, if I may, with a, it was handed a little book. It's called Peeking Through the 1040 Window, written by a friend of ours, Johnny Esposito, who's uh, working in Cambodia, but they have a desire to send a team into mainland China. And in this book, he talks a lot about the things we talked about in the 930 hour. But but he, he has a statement here that he uh, quotes. I'm not sure who the author, oh, a guy named Dr. Charles Keene, who Maybe some of you have heard of him. He's been involved in uh, gospel ministry for many, many years, and in particular, reaching out to the 1040 window. Here's what he said. He said, whenever, and I say this because of you guys getting ready for your um, um, faith promise missions. Whenever you hear a sermon about missions, or you hear about missions, or you attend a missions conference, you're taking part in a business meeting to decide the fate of the heathen. Just let that sink in. That's powerful. You're taking part in a business meeting to decide the fate of the heathen. You'll cast your vote with your prayers, your dollars, and perhaps your children or even yourself. You need to vote the same way you would like for everyone else to vote if you were that one out on the mission field. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to this very important passage of Scripture that talks to us about missions and our involvement and our responsibility, Father, quiet our hearts. Let us hear your voice today. Let us understand your will. Let us be obedient to do what you want us to do, each one of us individually as a family, as a married couple, as a church. Help us to be obedient to you, Lord. Help us to do exactly whatever it is that we need to be doing with the rest of our lives. May you use your word this morning to speak to us, speak through me, but most importantly, speak by your spirit through your word to your people. We thank you for each person that's here today, and I pray, Father, that you would help me to to speak clearly and accurately and truthfully and say only what needs to be said in jesus name i pray amen it was probably somewhere around 1983 maybe 84 we had been on the field certainly less than two years we went there in 1982 to hong kong which was not mainland china it was a british colony in those days but we went there because we saw that as the doorstep to the mainland um Trish had just given birth to our fifth child. Uh, we had four born in America, and then we moved to China, and then uh, we had four more born in Hong Kong. 
We were both deeply immersed in the study of Cantonese, which is the dialect they speak down in Hong Kong. And so it was a very challenging time, just adjusting to the culture, going through all the culture shock, a new baby to take care of language study, and just trying to figure out what in the world was going on. And it was challenging. And there were times, to be very honest, when, when uh, I certainly at least was not sure uh, that we should even be there or stay there. Well, one day I got a letter in the mail from a pastor that was supporting us out in Kansas. I think it was uh, Wichita, Kansas, and it was a big church, actually. But And I'd only met this pastor maybe once or twice, just enough for him to get to know us and for the church to vote to support us. And that church still supports us today, although he has gone to be with the Lord. But he wrote a short little note back in those days when they still delivered snail mail. Now, we haven't, I don't think we've gotten a piece, an actual letter in, in I don't know how many years, especially living in mainland China, but, you know, everything's emails today. But that was just a little card, and in the card I opened it up one day, and he said, keep going, Hong Kong needs your message. And that really helped me at that particular time. It was just what the doctor ordered. Well... A number of years went by. We got involved in planning churches, and, and things had moved along. Two churches were established, as you saw in the video there. Um, and we were, this was before we had, knew anything about the third ministry that we were going to ultimately be given to, to start there. But there was a period of time when, once again, I was sort of at this little crossroads, at least in my own heart and mind, and I wasn't quite sure um, where we were going to go, what we were going to do, and how things were going to happen. And and I got on the phone, and I remember, um, and I started calling people. I called our home office. I called uh, uh, Pastor Tomlinson, who's the, the pastor who started this Barnabas 1040 ministry and was up until just a few weeks ago our, our pastor of our sending church in California. And I called him and others, and and I guess I was somehow hoping that perhaps they would give me the green light to say, it's okay if you want to come back to America. And, uh, and yet none of them did that. He certainly did that. In fact, he said just the opposite. He said, keep going because the Chinese need your message. And so we did stay. And it wasn't too long after that, then the Lord began to lift up our eyes and see the mainland in a way that we had never seen before and understood and it wasn't long after that that we actually moved our family from Hong Kong into Hainan province. Well, I think that's really Paul's message to, this, to the church at Rome. Of course, the book of Romans, writing to the church was in Rome. He had never visited there. He certainly wanted to go there and planned to go there, as we see in this chapter. But the message that he has for that church was, keep going because the world needs your Message, And I would say to First Baptist Church of Akron, Colorado, keep going because the world needs your message as well. Um, we know that the world is in a mess, don't we? Uh, even our country, to some degree, is, is in a mess. Uh, that's a good Texas word. I'm, I'm not sure you all say that down here in Colorado, but we... You know, when we say it's a mess, we really mean it's a mess. And, and things are... We, we've got problems, and yet, and yet... We all, as Christians, still have a vital and important job to do. Would you agree with me on that? We have a very important job to do. And despite how many problems we may see going on around us, there is still a mission that God has given to us. And the mission is is to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, as we talked about in the last hour, and as I'm sure your pastor and missionaries and preachers who come through here talk about, and you also talk about. In the book of Romans chapter 15, did I tell you that? Romans chapter 15. In this very important chapter, as he comes to the end of this, 
this one of the most amazing letters that's ever been written by human hands. Um, he has he he has two purposes I feel like in this chapter. The first one is to strengthen the church there at Rome, uh, to remind them of how important it is that they continue to ground themselves in the truth of God's word, ground themselves in a in a in a in a process whereby the believers are going to be edified together and strengthened together, so that they can together do the work of God. Uh, and that's a very, very important thing. But the second thing, and we'll see this as we go through the chapter, is he wants to emphasize the importance of, of sending the light to the regions beyond, of getting the gospel where it has never gone before. So if we look at the first part of Romans chapter 15, we see Paul exhorting the church here at Rome uh, to have a what we might call a servant's heart towards one another. Very, very important. It's sort of the it's 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 sort of the uh, one of the first and most important things a local church can do. Let's drop in on, on uh, verse two, if you will, where Paul says this. He says, "Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification." Now, what does that mean? If we were to paraphrase that verse, we might say this: Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us asking ourselves, how can I help? That's a good way to put what Paul is saying there. Now, he summarizes his view of how that particular church was doing in this regard. If you look down at verse 14, in verse 14 of chapter 15, he says, And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, Able to admonish one another. That is a great verse. Counseling, guys who teach counseling use verses like this all the time to emphasize um, that aspect of ministry. But it's, it's good, it's helpful for all of us to understand this. You know, we often think that the greatest hindrance to the spread of the gospel is simply a lack of workers. Didn't Jesus say, pray ye the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest? So, yeah, a lack of laborers is a problem. But here's, here's something even more basic than that. The greatest hindrance, I don't think, is necessarily a lack of workers. It's a lack of churches that produce workers. Because that's really what it's all about. That's why we exist. You see... This is we, we, we are a factory of missionaries, you know, producing missionaries. We should be in one way, whether they are professional, whether they are full time or whether they're just a guy that takes the gospel across the street to his neighbor. Uh, all of us have that responsibility. And, and, and so the hindrance is not so much we don't have enough people to do the job. It's that we're not preparing those people to do the job. Now, that means, okay, now this kind of, for those of you who were here at 930 and we were talking about the UPGs, the 1040 window, reaching the regions beyond, I want you to try to connect those two thoughts with what I'm about to say here. Uh, that means if we're going to produce workers for not only for our local ministries but for the fields of the world, as a church, we have to have a vision and we have to have a process for equipping and sending those workers into the fields of the world, okay? That's very important. I mean, um, so, so local churches like First Baptist Church here in Akron, you're, you're absolutely 
vital to this process which takes place over time. We're talking not just a, a year or two. We're talking about a lifetime. We're talking about ongoing things that go that started before we ever came on the scene that will be going on long after we're off the scene. But it's a, it is a process. Uh, new babes in Christ, people come to, to, to this church, or maybe uh, you take the gospel of them. They accept Christ as their Savior. You bring them into the church fellowship. They get baptized. They're babes in Christ. They need to grow in grace. And, and they do that through the context of this local church ministry so that they become fruit-bearing Christians, Christians who are bearing the fruits of righteousness, bearing the fruits of winning people, other people to Jesus Christ. But they are believers who will, in obedience to Christ, step out by faith uh, and, and in response to the call of God on their lives and go to wherever it is that God sent them. That's what your pastor and his wife did. The reason why they are here is because they stepped out by faith. And, and others of you that are here today have done the same thing. Now, what, here's what I want you to understand. This kind of growth doesn't happen by accident. It has to happen on purpose. And it has to happen because there is a process in place within the local church so that growth can take place. Every Christian here in this church... And that includes all of us. We need to embrace. And I say to all of us, please take that personally because I'm talking to you. I'm looking at you. I don't care what your age is. I don't care what your economic status is. I don't care what your educational level is. I don't care what your job is or you don't have a job. I don't care what your gender is, your age is, or any of those issues. You are a part of this church family, and you and I, we need to embrace this idea to help pastor over here to equip and train the next generation who's going to take the gospel to the regions beyond. Maybe, it, maybe it's going to be planting a church down the road in a, in a town out here on the, what do we call this part of Colorado? Eastern the eastern plains here. It doesn't really matter where. The important thing is, is that as a local church, I'm surprised you know that, being a city boy. But anyway, <laughs> but, but the important thing is, is that all of us embrace the responsibility for it. You understand what I'm saying? We all embrace the responsibility for it. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be a teacher, but you're going to be contributing to the fact so, so that the teachers in the church are able to do that. And always go back. it always goes back to me in my mind to this concept that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians and other places, chapter 12 and other places, where he talks about the church being like a body, each with a different, you know, we're all members of that body. We all have different functions and purposes and opportunities and, 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 and gifts and talents and so on. But we all come together as one body so that that one body, you know, you don't have an arm running over here and a leg running over there. You know, wherever, wherever the head goes, the rest of it goes. And, and that's what he is, what we're talking about here, helping to equip and train people through the ministry of this local church. Now, that is, I think, essentially what Paul talks about as we come to the second part of this chapter. And that's where I want us to spend our, uh, the remainder of our time this morning. If you look with me down in verses 8 through 12. We're going to look at some of these verses here briefly. But he, he casts a biblical vision in these, in these verses, I believe, for God's plan for the nations. 
Look with me beginning in verse 8. He says, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. And that, and I want you to notice a little phrase here because he mentions it several times here in this text, in this passage. He says, And that the Gentiles, the Gentiles, might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, For this cause I will confess thee among the Gentiles. And sing unto thy name. And now he's quoting several verses here, going all the way back to the Old Testament. So this is not like a new thing with God. God has always been concerned about the Gentiles as well as the Jews. He's been concerned about all of, all of the different people groups that are in our world today. And he says in verse 10, and again he saith, rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. Verse 11, and again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. Verse 12, and again, Isaiah says, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles trust. So in this in this series of verses, he's quoting Old Testament passage, passages to, to communicate to the church at Rome and therefore to this church that God has a burden, God has a vision, God has a passion for the Gentiles. It's not just about the Jews. It's never been just about the Jews. Now, you know, the unfortunate thing that often has happened uh, throughout the history of Christianity is that even Christians, we, we begin to get this mindset, it's all about us. It's all about me. It's all about us just taking care of my four and no more. And, and it's not. God's vision is for the whole world, and he cares about that. He mentions the Gentiles six times. Now, this refers, obviously, to all non-Jewish people in the world today. We might describe the Gentiles, if we were going to change that word, and say UPGs, unreached people groups, because in those days, that's what the Gentiles basically were. The whole world was full of unreached people group Gentiles, if you, if you will. Now, it is no secret, and I'm sure those of you who studied your Bibles any, any amount of time at all, you understand that God has a vision which includes the salvation of the Gentiles. We don't have time this morning, but you could go back to Romans chapter 9 through 11. Man, what a powerful statement that says, you know, God cares not just about his people, the Jews. He cares about the Gentiles, and he has a plan for reaching those Gentiles. And then as we saw uh, this morning in the, in the PowerPoint, some of those passages in the book of Revelation, where, where he talks about in the future, that future vision of, of peoples from all every tribe and nation and kindred and tongue and so on, all gathered there around the throne of God. That's God's vision. That's what God sees, and that's what God wants you and me to see. So Paul's call to the Gentiles was driven by this biblical vision. You know, Solomon is the one who said, without a vision, the people perish. Uh, so, so that's the first thing that I want you to see, uh, <clears throat> the, 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 the biblical vision that God has uh, for the nations. And then the, the, the second thing that I want you to see here in Romans chapter 15, uh, down in verses 13 and 14, very, very important. Paul is going to express his confidence in that church at Rome, okay? Um, I could do the same thing for this church here in Akron. Uh, but he's going to express his confidence that that local church, uh, they have not only embraced that biblical vision, uh, it's a biblical vision he calls a vision of hope. 
And I believe he uses that, that idea of hope because it is a hope that this gospel is going to reach to the ends of the earth. Let's look at verses 13 and 14. He says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Now, what's he saying there? He is simply saying this. The vision for the nations begins at home. It begins right here. It begins with what takes place right here at First Baptist Church. Um, it's a biblical discipleship model that has a worldview. I'm not, I'm not sure that every church really understands that. I think that there's a lot of us. And, and the, reason I, the, the reason, to be very honest with you, that, that I bring this up at this church is, is not because I'm, 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 I'm looking at it and saying, well, you're not really doing it right now. No, I, I have no clue what you're doing. The reason I'm doing it is because what's happening there in Kunming and the church that we went to. Trish and I went to that church just a little over three years ago with a vision to, to help lift it up and, and, and provide the, the national leadership. And then we would leave. We would get out of the way. That's always the way we've started churches uh, in the past, and, and that's the way we wanted to. But what has happened is is that we have, I feel, on a personal level, kind of got bogged down in pastoral ministry. Now, if God's called you to be a pastor, that's a great thing. That's what you're, obviously what you're called to do is, is to be, get bogged down in pastoral ministry. You take care of your flock, you feed and teach and equip and rebuke and do all the things that a pastor is supposed to do biblically. But, but I'm a missionary, okay? And so my, my role is, a, I see my role as a little bit different. But, but, but it's gotten to the place now to where I don't, I, you know, what's the end game here? How am, I gonna, how am I really working myself out of a job? And I just, it just dawned on me that if I keep doing what I'm doing now, we may never get to that place to where I'm able to turn the keys over, so to speak, to a local Chinese national pastor and say, hey, this is your baby. Take, take, take the church and, and go and do what God wants you to do. So... There's got to be a biblical discipleship model that has this world vision in view, uh, that 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 understands that we are that that we are here to train and equip people who will not just be good church members, okay, but they will they will be uh, gospel proclaimers. And when, when God sees fit to, to lift them up and to send them out, they will say, yes, Lord, and they will go. And so we're looking beyond our four walls here now. We're looking, uh, we're, we're discipling, but we're discipling with a world vision in view. And that's what I'm trying to, to emphasize here. And that's what I think that Paul is trying to get at as he talks to this church here in Romans chapter 15. It's about equipping you so that you and your church can give to the nations the gift of eternal life. Well, if you look down at verse 15 now, and now we're going to go all the way through verse 24, and Paul explains this vital relationship between his ministry to the Gentiles and their ministry, the church at Rome's ministry, to him. And, and again, this is a vital part, you know, 
uh, one of the reasons why we enjoy coming back to Colorado and coming back to Akron is because we understand that you understand. You're a vital part of what we do. The fruit that is that, that you see out there, and there's so many other pictures that we could show you, but the fruit that happens out there is to your account, as Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. You, are, you have given and you have prayed and people have been saved. But I want you to notice something. Beginning in verse 15, he says, Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have therefore whereof I may glory through, Christ, uh, through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. I'll not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about unto Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation, but as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. But now, having no more place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come to you, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you. For I trust to see you in my journey, and to be brought on my way thitherward by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company." Now, what is Paul saying there in that lengthy text of Scripture? I've read that many, many times. Wasn't always quite sure what the guy was trying to, trying to say. And so as I thought about it, and I thought about what he had said in the first part of that chapter, and I thought about what he said here, he's, he's, he's kind of concluding his letter to the church. He's, he's obviously getting ready to go, to go into Spain. He wants to come by and see them. Uh, so, so what's the point here other than to just let them know about his travel plans? Uh, and, 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 he, and, he, and he sounds a little bit almost in the early part of this section like maybe he's bragging a little bit about what God's done through him. But, of course, that's not what he's done at all. That's not Paul at all. He is boasting about what God has done. You know, we, we need to do that more. We need to boast about what God has done through us. Not what we have done for God, but what God has done through us. Because it's really all about him. Remember what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. None of us have any reason to boast in anything we have done. But we can certainly boast about what God has done. And, and we should do that. Whenever souls are saved on a foreign mission field or, or people are saved here or lives are transformed here, people are sent out, money is raised, whatever happens, we can boast in the Lord. We can praise the Lord for that. And that's what he is doing in here. By the grace of God, we do what, he, we, we, do what we do. But number two, Paul also understood that the real work of God in the world is what happens when the gospel light shines in the hearts of those who have never heard. Now, it's, it's wonderful when the gospel continues to shine in our nation. It's even more wonderful when the gospel shines in nations where it has never shown before. And that's what, that's what I think Paul is, is trying to emphasize here. What God is doing, was doing in, through his life in ministry in the first century, God continues to do through lives uh, here in the 21st century. And that is, I believe, where you as a church and where we as missionaries, we need to place our emphasis today. 
We need to emphasize the fact that God's got a, a, a real mission for us to do in our generation. This is not something for somebody back in some other part of the country, some more affluent church, some bigger church. No, this is our job. This is our responsibility. And so what Paul is saying to that local church and therefore to this local church and to all local churches is, is that you are a vital part of this ministry. You're a vital part of this ministry of bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the to the ends of the earth. Now, how do you do that? Very quickly. Number one, you need to grow strong spiritually. Okay, each and every one of you, you need to take spiritual growth personally, and 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 take responsibility to make sure you are growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, there, there's a time in all of our lives when we are basically ignorant of biblical truth. We don't know theology. We don't know God. We don't know the gospel. We don't know uh, the Bible. You know, we may have a verse here and there, but we don't really know. And when you're living in ignorance, you're not able to do anything about it. You see what I'm saying? But when you're growing in grace, God is speaking to you through his word in the power of his spirit, and he is going to say things to you, and he's going to show things to you, and he's going to be that internal motivation that, that lifts you up and thrusts you out. And when you get a whole church full of people like that, man, the world begins to feel the difference. Because, because of what is happening here. So you need to, number one, you need to grow strong spiritually. You need to be able to admonish one another. That's what that verse is saying. Able to admonish one another. What does that mean? Does that mean rebuke or criticize or judge one another? No. It means that you come alongside one another and when you're down, you lift them up. Or when they're down, you lift them up. And when you're down, they lift you up. And when you have a problem, they come alongside and say, let's work this thing out together. What does God say? And you're there for them. And, you're, and, 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 and folks, one of, the, one of the things that you've got to understand is that you are an integral part of this body. The rest of the members of this body, they need you. They need you to be strong, and you need them to be strong. And so the focus needs to be on growing strong spiritually. And that's what he's talking about. You're able to do this, church. Uh, and that's so vital for the work that God wants to do uh, through you. But then secondly, you need to gain, you need to purpose as a church, you need to purpose as an individual that you're going to do due diligence. You're going to do the homework to discover what God's really doing in the world. Okay? We've just given you a glimpse. One of our brothers here said this. I hadn't heard some of these things about the 1040 window. This is just the opening salvo. Now it's up to you guys to, 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 to get on the Internet or go to the library, wherever it is, however you do that. Do the research. Find out where some of these unreached people groups are. Begin to sit and talk about it as, as groups of, of Christians. You know, it would make a tremendous Bible study. By the way, there's a number of really good books, and I could, if any of you are interested at the end of the service, I'll, I'll give you a couple of titles that you may want to consider uh, looking at or, or downloading and reading uh, because they're they're re really good books to help you, and then and then thirdly, get involved in this great work. Trish and I, people say, how did you know that God had called you? This is a, this is a big question. Okay, a lot of people have this question. They ask us all the time. How, how did you know that God called you? You want to know the true answer? We didn't, but we had a command. We had a command. 
You know, one of those commands says in Romans 12:1, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Isn't that a kind of a command? <laughs> yeah, you know, Greek-wise, I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe it's an exhortation. Really doesn't matter. God says you need to present your body. I, I, I beseech you by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. In the, in, the, in the PowerPoint in the last hour, you saw the Barry Hills, the missionaries to Venezuela. They preached one night at our church. My wife and I got up at the invitation, walked down the aisle, came up to the pastor, and he says, why, why have you come? You know, it's a good question to ask when somebody walks down the aisle. Why have you come? Are you going to shoot me? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, we looked at him and said, well, we just want God to have us. We were new Christians. We didn't really, we didn't even know Romans 12.1 at the time. We were just brand new Christians. And so he told the whole church family, I'll never forget, he says, well, Dick and Trish have come in response to Romans 12.1. Ran home that night, opened my Bible to Romans chapter 12.1, read the verse. Yeah, that's exactly what. We want God, we want you to have our bodies. We were volunteering. We didn't even know for what. But we wanted God to be able to say, uh, to know that we are available for whatever it is. Shortly thereafter, we went to a missions conference, actually another little church across town. We were invited to go. George Patrick, the missionary to Korea, is preaching. And we don't, I don't remember what he said, but once again, the invitation came. Trish and I got up together, came down. George looked at us, old veteran missionary, says, what are you here for? And we said, well, maybe God wants us to be a missionary. We didn't know that for a fact. We couldn't, we couldn't give you a, a, a proof text or anything like that. We thought at the time, honestly, we were just volunteering. Was it the will of, was it, was it the call of God upon our lives? Obviously it was. But, 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 but the more important point was God had commanded us, love set you to be a light to the Gentiles, that thou shouldst be for salvation to the, what? The ends of the earth. And so whether it's a call or a command, actually it's probably both. That's good. But the fact remains there's a world out there that needs to hear about Jesus Christ. You know, I want to read a quote to you. One guy, one theologian who's now with the Lord, he said this. He said, the gospel is good news only if it gets there in time. Only if it gets there in time. David Platt, who is now, I think, some high up position there in, in the Southern Baptist Church, but he... he, he uh, pastored for a number of years, he said there's only one thing worse than being lost, and that is being lost and having no one trying to find you. Go back to that thing that I quoted at the beginning. Whenever you hear a sermon about missions or attend a missions conference or whatever, you're taking part in a business meeting to decide the fate of the heathen. And you're going to cast your vote with your prayers, your dollars, and perhaps your children or even yourself. This morning, I know it's a Sunday morning, got lunch to go to in just a few minutes, but before we do that, could we just bow our heads together? And I want you to just think and ponder very, very seriously for the next moment or two in your own heart. Lord, what is it that, that I need to be thinking about and doing for the cause of Christ in the world. Lord, do you want me? Uh, have I been giving all that I can give? And I'm not just talking about your pocket, but giving. I'm talking about you, maybe your time, maybe your involvement. 
maybe maybe doing research, maybe encouraging spiritual growth in other people, maybe by teaching in Awanas or maybe teaching a Sunday school class, doing a Bible study. Your pastor has, has a real vision for this part of, of uh, Colorado, and praise the Lord for that. I'm so thankful that this church is here. The people in this part of the state, they need to, a clear gospel witness. And there's a lot of people right here who need to know about Christ. But beyond this part of the world is a world where not just thousands or even tens of thousands, not even just millions, but billions. It's a, it's a number hard for us to grasp, but a world that needs to hear about Christ. My wife and I are getting a little bit older, and we're not going to be able to carry on for forever. We'll go for as long as the Lord gives us strength to go. But right now, God's looking for some others to take our place, who will take the gospel to the regions beyond, to the ends of the earth. And I wonder if that person is you today. I wonder if he's speaking to your heart this morning. I want you to think seriously about that. Maybe you never have. Maybe you do every week you come to church. I don't know. But would you be willing this morning to say, Lord, I don't know what your plan for me is, but I know that you have a plan. And I want to make myself available to you. And I'm willing to do that, even publicly. Father, I pray that you'd speak to hearts today. And I pray that you would cause whoever it is here today, maybe one, maybe ten, maybe twenty, we don't know, to be, to be ready and willing to say, Lord, I give my life to you. Whatever it is that you want to do with my life, I give it to you, Lord. And I, and I thank you for saving me. And, and I want to be available to you, Lord. I give myself to you. I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. Please take me and use me in whichever way that you want. Maybe right here in Akron, maybe some far distant land around the world. But whatever it is, Lord, I give myself to you. Please speak to every heart today, Lord. Have thine own way. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together. We'll have a short time of invitation. We just welcome you to come and pray. Uh, present yourself to the Lord. Don't hesitate to do that. Don't be shy about it. Don't, don't ask yourself too many questions because there's just too many questions that you don't know.